0: Alright, welcome to another episode, uh, Talking USC Basketball on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm sitting here with a uh, glass of wine, uh, as I'm going to need this to, uh, in order to kind of get through this episode of talking about a pretty bad losing streak our boys are on right now. Uh, Obviously on the last episode, we talked about Nevada, which was a great first half and a bad second half. And I think that bad second half has just uh, continued on uh, along these last few games. The Trojans got blown out by TCU at the Staples Center by a score of 96-61. to They were down 40 points at one point during that game. Then they went to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, technically on a neutral court, uh, and played OU, uh, which they lost 81-70. to Oklahoma is a very good team. But SC never really seemed in it, and then they went to Santa Clara, a game that SC was favored to win by eight points, and lost a hundred to two to ninety-two in a double overtime game. So, lots to talk about. Kind of first and foremost, one of the main issues uh, on this losing streak that I've seen is the scheduling aspect of it. So, you know, when when coaches schedule games. Um, you know, they really look at when the games are played, you know, if it's at home, do you try to do it? You try to have a big time home game in the beginning of the season, not around Thanksgiving. You don't want anything kind of after December 14th-ish because a lot of students won't be there. Um, and then when you schedule a big game, what what other coaches that I played for in the past used to do is schedule a big game on a Saturday and just in case it was a big loss or a bad loss, they would schedule somewhat of a cupcake game uh, within two to three days after that. And so, like my my junior year, uh, we played North Carolina at home. And if I recall correctly, that was on a Wednesday. And just in case we got blown out, which, you know, at that point of the season, it, it really did look like like we might – uh, we played North Carolina A&T uh, 2 days later. And so the whole philosophy behind that is, you know, in the, in case you get blown out and you get run out of the gym against a very good team, you don't have a whole lot of time to sit there and dwell on it. You have a game that comes up rather quickly and you can you know, basically get your mojo back, get your confidence back uh, and beat up on basically a, a gimme game. So... That was one of the issues I saw uh, with this scheduling. You know, TCU, that was a big loss and a very defeating loss. And instead of playing two or three days later against you know, kind of a, a gimme game, they had to wait an entire week. And then they went on the road against another big-time opponent. Um, and you could just tell right away the ball went up against Oklahoma, and they just they didn't look ready to play. So I think... I think that was one of the big issues. There was just a little bit too much time to dwell on it. And then, you know, that's three losses in a row when you count Nevada. Then you go into Santa Clara, which technically was their first true road game. And and from the start, they did not play well at all. So uh, I think scheduling kind of came into play here. And I think at this point on a four-game losing streak – The Trojans have really lost their confidence, and that's something that they're going to have to get back very quickly. Another big issue, in my opinion, has been leadership. I mean, during this losing streak, I haven't really seen uh, any of the guys step up and take control of the team. It's almost like they're all kind of waiting for someone else to take the lead. And it's like, hey, guys, guess what? Jordan McLaughlin... Chemezi Metu and Elijah Stewart aren't walking back through that door. So someone's going to have to grab the bull by the horns and figure this out. Um, I really thought it'd be Jonah Matthews or Benny Boatwright. I mean, if anyone could somewhat be a leader on the team, I'd say Nick Rakosevich has kind of fit the mold the most as he kind of shows the, the most amount of fire and passion on the court. But other than that, no one's really stepping up. And, and I think the body language, because no one's getting in someone else's face and yelling them to get in the stance or to run the play correctly or to hustle, the body language is really poor. You know, I sat right behind the bench for the TCU game and the coaches are fired up and the coaches are doing everything they can to get the guys to play hard. And there are a lot of hands on hips and sulking and heads are down they're just there there doesn't seem to be any fire or passion on this team right now and i know i know the team's banged up and i know i've been using this excuse for most of the season so far but you have a lot of guys that have been here for over 2 years and you have a couple seniors on the team and those guys need to step up and need to figure it out right now or else the season's going to go down the drain very 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 quickly the defense, I just I, can't, I just can't quite figure it out. There are so many good athletes on this team. And this is the worst stretch of defense I've seen from an Andy Enfield team in a long time. I mean, they've given up 96 points to TCU, 81 points to Oklahoma, and then they gave up 102 points to Santa Clara team that had some of their best players out. I'll say that again. They gave up 102 points to a Santa Clara team that had a couple of their best players out. Granted, it was a double overtime game, but that simply cannot happen. It simply cannot happen. And I, my personal opinion, I'm not a coach. My personal opinion is these guys should play a lot of man defense. And if I were Coach Enfield, my practices would literally consist of doing shell drill. And shell drill is a four-on-four uh, drill where the offense passes the ball around the perimeter and you work on defensive positions. If the ball is in the far corner and you're guarding a guy in the opposite corner, you need to be two feet in the paint. As the ball moves up to the top of the key, you're within you know, a small distance between your man and the ball. And the whole key is to be between your man and the ball and be able to provide help defense underneath the basket in case someone drives. I would sit in a shell drill for hours to get these guys to figure out how to play man-to-man defense because they're fast enough and they're athletic enough. They don't need to play in a zone. They give up way too many wide-open three-pointers when they play in a zone. And the ball, whenever SC gets into a zone, the the ball is easily going into the middle of the zone. Once the ball gets in the middle of the zone, it's over. There's about a million different things a team can do as soon as the ball gets into the zone, the guy can drive, he can shoot it, or he can kick it out because the defense is going to collapse. He's going to shoot it for a wide-open three. So I think this team needs to go strictly man-to-man defense unless they press. If you press, then usually you drop back into the zone, and I understand that. But the defense has been has been very, very frustrating to watch. And then on offense, the point guard play needs to get better. Straight up, the point guards have not played well. Uh, You look at these assist-to-turnover ratios, you know, against TCU, 11 assists to 20 turnovers. Um, Ten of those turnovers came from Derek Thornton and Elijah Weaver. Against Oklahoma, 11 assists and 18 turnovers. Again, ten turnovers came from the two point guards. That, That just can't happen. And then when there aren't enough assists, obviously there aren't enough baskets and there's not enough ball movement. And this team has played its best throughout the year when that ball is going from side to side and going through Nick Rokosevich. That is when this offense clicks. There's way too much one-on-one. And as, as coaches usually say, the ball sticks too much. It sticks to the hands and there's too much dribbling. Dribble, 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 dribble. Just drives me crazy. Point guard, the best teams are when the point guard gets the ball, and passes it right away. Gets the ball to the floor and runs. And I know that's what Coach Enfield wants these guys to do, but they're not getting the ball out and running. And that's probably some some of the reasons, probably because they can't get a stop on defense. So they're always taking the ball out of bounds. If you get a stop on defense, you get a rebound, you can push it quickly. So turnovers is is a big, big, big deal for these guys right now. they got to clean that up. And a lot of it's unforced errors. Against Santa Clara, their first two possessions were turnovers. It just That's not how you want to start a game. Elijah Weaver, Der- Elijah Weaver excuse me, and Derek Thornton need to play better. They just need to play better. It all starts with the point guard. Offensively, defensively. I've actually been somewhat impressed with the way Elijah has shot the ball. I think offensively, he gives the Trojans a little bit more than Derek Thornton. And I actually like it when they both play together, because then I think there's not so much pressure on one of those guys to run the point. You have two guys that can bring the ball up and get the team in the offense. I like that a lot. And I think Coach Enfield's actually been pretty successful in his offensive sets when both those guys are in the game together. So I, th- I think they should play a little bit more together. And where's Benny Boatwright? This is something that I was a little nervous about at the beginning of the year when he wasn't practicing. He wasn't playing in the first few games. We all knew he was going to be out of shape when he got back, but he has, he has been a shell of the player that he has been the past three years. And I just, I honestly can't quite figure it out. He didn't shoot the ball horribly against TCU. He went five of 10 from the field, three of six from the three had 14 points no assists, no blocks, only four rebounds. Not a great game, but I mean, offensively, he shot the ball okay. I mean, against Oklahoma, I'm looking at the stat sheet right now three of 13 from the field, one of five from the three. And if you watch the game, they weren't great three point shots. It wasn't like the ball was moving and he was getting a wide open shot on the perimeter. A lot of those came off the bounce, which isn't good. And then against Santa Clara, I mean no one shot the ball well against Santa Clara but he went 4 of 9 from the field, 1 of 3 from the three, 14 points. I mean that's just that's not going to get it done as as a senior captain. They need a lot from him. He needs to start yelling at people. He needs to start getting in people's face. Accountability needs to be the next thing for this team. Everyone needs to be accountable. That's the only way they're going to get out of this slump. This Santa Clara game was brutal, and I, you know, I'll, I'll give the guys some credit for coming back. They were down 19 points most of the game. They were down like 16 with six minutes to go. Came back, actually went up one with 13 seconds left, and then did not play good defense on a on an out of bounds play under the basket. Santa Clara. Got to the line, made the first free throw, missed the second. I put in the first overtime. And then in the first overtime, Shaquan Aaron hits two big free throws to go up two with about 13 seconds left. And then again, bad defense. Santa Clara ties it up, puts it into the second overtime. And in the second overtime, the wheels just the wheels just fell off. Santa Clara had a freshman, Trey Wirtz scored eleven points in the second overtime, which was a lot more, almost triple what USC scored in the second overtime. The freshman outscored USC seventeen to twelve in the first and second overtime. That that just can't happen. And I know that only SC's only going seven or eight guys deep. So a double overtime game is really not gonna play to their to their favor because of the amount of minutes some of these guys are playing, but I mean that Santa Clara is a road game that you need to win by twenty if you're a Pac-12 team. Don't even get me started on the Pac-12 right now. The Pac-12 is dismal. It, honestly, I'd be shocked, absolutely shocked, if the Pac-12 gets more than three teams in the NCAA tournament this year. Shocked. It's a bad, bad year for the Pac-12. But you look at you look at these numbers against Santa Clara. 32 of 82 you guys put up 82 shots 32 of 82 from the field five of 28 from the three so you shoot 39 percent from the field you shoot 17.9 percent so 18 percent from the three you go into double overtime i mean you 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 got to figure out a way to win that game jonah matthews eight of 19 one of four from the three Shaquan Aaron, one of five from the three. Derek Thornton, two of nine from the three. Jordan Usher, oh, of five from the three. Uh, guys, 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 guys. You've got to make some shots. got to make shots. So <clears throat> what do we do from here? What's, what's next, right? The good news is that, well, we think it's good news. I thought Santa Clara was going to be a, a butt whooping. Those guys but we lost The good news is we have We have a few What should be easier games on the schedule All at home So it'll be nice to get the next Four games at home So Southern Utah at home SC should win that game UC Davis at home Should win that game And then two of the worst teams in the Pac-12 Cal and Stanford Although Stanford's played pretty well But they almost lost to San Jose State Uh, Cal and Stanford are coming to the Galen Center. So this is the point of the season. This is an absolute turning point. One of two things can happen here. Either SC can sulk and put their heads down and say the season is a throwaway and they can lose against a Southern Utah, a UC Davis, and then just mail in the season. Or they can hold each other accountable Look at the game film, figure out what the heck's going on. Bear down and win some freaking games. And if I know Jason Hart, Chris Capco, and Andy Enfield, they're going to light these guys up over the next couple of days. Light them up. And they should. They should. In my opinion, there's 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 one if you lose and you're playing your heart out and you have good body language and you're fighting incline. That's one thing. if you lose and your body language is the way it was against TCU in Oklahoma, that's not good. Now like I said, I'll give these guys credit because they could have easily given up against Santa Clara. They were down 19, they were down 16 after the second media or after the 8 minute media timeout in the second half they could have easily mailed it in but those guys fought and so i'm hoping that they can build off that i'm hoping they can build off that fight that all of a sudden they had to come back and put that game into overtime against santa clara that's what i'm hoping for and they i mean they have the guys to do it i like this team they just got i think some leadership someone needs to, to emerge as a leader. Someone needs to do it. Whether it's Benny, whether it's Jonah, whether it's Jordan Usher, whether it's a freshman like Elijah Weaver, someone's gotta someone's gotta emerge as the leader of this team and grab the bull by the horns and push forward. That's what absolutely needs to happen. I think these guys can do it. I think they can do it so that's that's that um obviously december 21st this friday 8 o'clock p.m southern utah coming into town and then uh trojans have nine days off Then they got uc davis coming in at home so i will be back uh most likely with a recap of southern utah and uc davis i'm out for the holidays merry christmas happy holidays to everyone My name is Chris Penrose. That's it for this episode of UC Basketball on the Believe Podcast Network. As usual, uh, if you like the show, and I hope you do, you can subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also find us at believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com or at believe underscore L-A. And then as always, feel free to send questions, comments, Uh, Twitter handle is cpenrose10, and then Instagram is also cpenrose10. That's it for me. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas to everyone, and fight on.